up, everybody? Welcome back to another beautiful day in the hobby. I am DCI Jason here with Big Sexy Bradley Crenshaw. It is episode 30 here at DCI HQ. Like I said, three zero. Stephen Curry. Steph episode, baby. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Man. That's right. Uh, if it was episode 77 this week, um, we might have to make this one episode 77 in honor of um, the most ridiculous performance I have Did seen. Did you watch the game? I watched the game. I am, yeah, for those of you who don't know, I'm a monster Luca fan. I watch all the Mavs games. I love Luca. Luca's the best. Um, I have never seen him thus far in his career surprise himself. Like he did with his abilities, night. and last night he, he it was one of those games where he was like, "I can't miss. I can do anything I want." Sixty-seven percent on his shooting, <laughs> unbelievable. He he, I mean, he's done this before. He wins them games all the time by himself, but that was to tie the game, force into overtime, win overtime by himself. Sixty points, twenty-one rebounds, and ten assists. Yeah, that's nuts. I think it's the only time in NBA history that there has been 60 and 20 ever done in a trip. Yeah. That's just 60, 60 points and 20 rebounds. That's never been done ever. He's a guard. Yeah. That's something yeah. that's great. He, he's going to go down in history as the best rebounding guard. Um, I think, but 21 rebounds from a guard with 60 points and 10 assists. I mean, he does, Dude, it was awesome. He it, does everything. The pass he made where, he lifts the ball up and throws it to the corner behind his head and the fake pass behind the back. And then the, uh, obviously the free throw to send it into overtime. That was great. And, I, and, and funny thing is when I was watching it last night, my, my youngest daughter has been, you know, running fever and she's been sick. Well, she has tonsillitis is what we ended up finding out. And so my wife has been having to get up with her and go and give her medicine. And she's upstairs, you know, and all this, because when she gets, well, not just her. When any of us get sick, we become, you know, yeah. like I unable see. to do anything, you Absolutely. know. So we have Nurse Amber that's, that, that, that <laughs> comes into play. And so last night I said, you know what? i tell you what I'll do. Well, whose phone was that? That was that. Uh-oh. Not, not mine. I don't know. This is not my first podcast. That's me either. This is <laughs> podcast 30, baby. It is. It's not him. Oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway, <laughs> last night. I told her, I said, hey, I tell you what, I'll let Peyton stay down here in our room so that way you don't have to get up in the middle of the night and go give her medicine. And I said, I'll just go up and sleep in the movie room. And so I go up, get situated in the movie room, me and the dog, you know, and get the game on. And that was just Dude. like one of the best nights for me to just to be yeah, up by there by yourself. myself watching that game. I was like, holy cow, yeah. this is incredible. The fact they won that game is insane. And then again, yeah, just we're spoiled, I think, and we take him for granted because we get him for 41 games a year at home. But man, he is, tra- I'm buying, he is transcendent. I'm buying a suite next year. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go. Buy, buy, buying a suite. You can go. buy, I, I think I got a quote on a suite this last year. It was like 140 grand. <sighs> To purchase one for the year, which is average about thirty five hundred dollars a game, right? And which then, you get twenty seats per game. So when you start bucks. breaking it down, it's not that bad. No, it really but, isn't. Uh, I mean, I've actually enjoyed some of the Mavs games, you know, with some of the TV stations that I've done business with and been able to sit up and watch so much fun. those in the suite. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. We definitely have to uh, look into that. Yeah, a um, couple other things I want to talk about uh, before we get started on this week's episode is. 
kind of some call to action. I want to direct everybody to our whatnot channel. Uh, we've been running dollar auctions on whatnot, building up a great community, a great place, not only for new collectors to hop in and hang out um, to kind of get introduced to the hobby, but uh, we are basically giving cards away for free every day. Um, Why not? Cards I'm under comps. Not. We are letting uh, the collector receive the value there. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I'm having a great time with it, meeting everybody through whatnot, getting to share the hobby knowledge and, and uh, talk about the new products and stuff and just keep ripping wax with everybody. Um, so definitely check out our whatnot. That's something that um, has been growing steadily. But also, guys, make sure you are getting your cards into DCI through the mail. Um, awesome special running right now. $8 a card um, through the mail. RCRs as accurate as ever. Turnaround time looking great as well. Um, just some more offerings we have here at DCI. You know, I've, I've, I've tuned into a couple of your shows. I have to go on there, you know, and just, just he, he gets his radio voice on. That's right. He, get, he, get, he gets on there and it's like, what a steal. What I'm a like, steal. You, <laughs> you, you, I'm going to got a stack started to the left for you, my man. That's so exactly you need you need to get you need to get on there and get you a stack started to the left. That's hey, what you need to do. That's exactly right. Come get you a stack on the left. Come get it started. We're hanging out. Um, that is that is funny. That is my uh, that is my catchphrase. And whenever I say someone's getting a steal, I have to uh, kind of bite my tongue a little bit because I'm happy that y'all are getting a steal, but uh, I might have just left a little meat on the bone yeah. uh, on my end there. So well, people are getting full on your that's channel. Exactly that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Getting but full. That's hey. You know, like what uh, what we're all about is giving that that adding that value back to the hobby and. Um, yep. This has been a great way for us to uh, kind of move inventory and, and deliver that value. So hop on whatnot. Get, like Brad said, get a stack started to the left. and uh, Stack to the left. Right into the new year, we're going to roll uh, with some fun whatnot streams. Um, Do you not? I got a question, though, before, you, before, you jump, before we jump in the show. Do you not have any room on the right? Is that the reason everything starts have, on the I left? I have no room on the right. I have. If you were to see my whatnot setup right now, it's actually crazy. First of all, my office at home looks like a card shop threw up it, it just all over the place. I've got dollar boxes of singles like you would not believe. I probably have over 100,000 loose cards in a 10 by 10 area in my office. So no, I don't have a lot of room, uh, none to the right, in fact. And so everything is stacked to the left. Uh, but we do a great job of keeping that organized and uh, getting everybody their right cards on time. So nice. well, whenever, the new, whenever the new office is finished and we have that uh, huge streaming room for you with a huge inventory room. That's right. You'll have room to stack to the right. That's right. I'm going to as well as the left. I'll stack them everywhere. There you go. Stack them everywhere. <laughs> Really looking forward to um, rolling those streams into the new year, but uh, a couple things pertaining to the new year as well in the hobby, um, some major, major pulls um, in this past week. People saving the best for last, it seems, um, as we kind of close in on the new year. One that I know um, is probably a little bit special to you since um, in, I guess, couple decades ago now you opened quite a bit of 0304 exquisite basketball love the product great product probably the best set of all time i think we can uh, talk about that a little bit later as well but um a video surfaced of a collector in new york 26 collectibles yep. um i know you're familiar i think you guys yep. have gotten deals done in the yep. past but um uh, steven was ripping a box with his family 
of that's not the first box he's ripped neither he's ripped several of those boxes and he's done it on on live it's awesome yeah i mean talk and about he's gotten some trash he's gotten some trash yeah. but but this time uh but i won't say trash because no, right. i feel i feel like every card in that set is just so iconic 100%. and such a great set because i opened 15 cases of that product that's right so you know exactly what's in there <laughs> yes. you pulled one of those lebrons didn't I did you pull a lebron all right so steven um he put it on his instagram live um he was claiming the Hanukkah miracle, which uh, I got a kick out of that. That was great. I'm very excited uh, for uh, for them to pull the LeBron RPA, the true LeBron, his biggest card. Um, One of the best patches I've seen in the, a LeBron. The best patch I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, true, true to 99. Um, just an uh, just an unbelievable card. I think the a sealed box of 0304 exquisites around 100, 100 to 200 grand, um, I, depending they, on the market. They've come down. Yep. Um, actually, I think you could probably pick them up for, I think the last one did an auction around 50 okay. on Golden. Yep. Uh, so you can pick them up at a, at a reasonable price. They did reach at one point during the, the spike uh, a case of three boxes or three packs because sure. it's reached almost a million dollars crazy almost yeah almost three hundred thousand a box yeah um, but now they've come down to around 50 so fifty thousand dollars a box a lot of collectors aren't going to be able to afford to you know take a risk on a box like that but how sweet of a feeling is it to open a hundred dollar box and and make your money back can you imagine betting fifty thousand dollars on a box of cards and pulling out a three hundred thousand dollar lebron rpa yeah, I mean the card actually would probably bring. I think I think it's probably around five hundred, so about about a ten extra money, pretty good uh, on that particular card. So yeah, I mean that that's an incredible feeling. It's also a huge risk. Huge risk, huge absolutely. Risk. You're gonna feel a lot worse if you know. Uh, I mean, how many cases of Prism football? But on the same note, how many cases of Prism football were made? That's exactly you know, yeah. and versus how many cases of the exquisite was made. Yep. You know, I had a, had an opportunity to sit down with uh, the guy, Carvin, who, you know, created that exquisite product uh, up at National and in Chicago la year before last. <clears throat> and just to have the opportunity to sit and visit with him and talk to him about his creation. He's the one who created oh, it's... the exquisite product. Yeah. And he wanted to create it to where... It was more of, uh, you know, how you you would display a diamond, you know, in a jewelry store on a, on a nice a pillow. pillow. Yep. So he wanted to deliver that, but they wouldn't allow him to put the cards on a pillow type deal. So anyway, it, it, listening to him and his story on how he come up with the design All the is way absolutely down. incredible. All the I, way down to the box and, yes. the, you know. My favorite out right. of that entire set, though, is the jersey number pieces. Yeah. Those are my favorite. The jersey number autos. That the, today you will never see that a product like that again, and here's why. Each one of those cards, the machines have to be reset in order to print that particular card because it's a different jersey number and a different jersey piece Patch. that goes. Yep. So it's just uh, logistically, a it nightmare. Do, yes, it doesn't right. make sense. So you will not see that particular product ever surface, you know, on a market. Again, due to the, the the logistics of it, they they want to be able to. Panini wants to be able to print as much as, as they much, yes. volume at the same time. So, yeah, they can make a nice product, but yep. enough to you know. Yep. Make Even though it was back. made by Upper Deck, right? You know, at the time, which you know, Upper Deck is just not making basketball products anymore, are they? Mm -hmm. No, yeah. they're not. They, I didn't think so. I, I know they are going to again in the future. Um, 
rumored to be uh, coming Upper Deck Basketball. And Upper Deck was always my favorite. I loved SP Authentic Upper Deck. You know, SPX was made by Upper Deck. Exquisite was made by Upper Deck. Those were my three products that I loved to open. Yep. SPX, SP Authentic, and Exquisite when it come out. And Ultimate Collection. Yeah. Upper Deck does make some awesome, uh, awesome products. I love even their current stuff, the modern stuff. They do a lot of hockey and some of the Goodwin Champions. Yeah. Really unique designs um, and nice quality cards. Um, you don't, you know, I, Panini obviously and tops the two big manufacturers, but Upper Deck has some really nice products out there, yeah. um, and can really fetch some big prices at auction. Uh, another big card that we just saw pulled this last week by our friends over at Backyard Breaks, a, um, a big one of one out of triple threads, tops, triple threads. It is a Babe Ruth cut auto, um, with a Babe Ruth, you know, patch. The girl Sarah his. pulled that. She did. And she seems to pull everything for them. Um, she seems to pull everything. They pull everything, you know, all the, all the big one-on-ones, they open tons of, uh, product, but, um, that big Babe Ruth cut auto was the product hit, um, in that 2022 triple threads. How do you feel about cut autos compared to a pack pulled, you know, a factory auto? So there are some products that I do like cut autos on. Uh, I do like the top triple threads mm-hmm. and they used to do, I don't even know if they stood the SP legendary cuts yep. that, that particular product line. I love that. Yep. Some of these other products I'm not so keen on I agree. when it comes to the cuts. It's, it's like anything else. It's like when you get into the, some of the other sports and in the other products, it's like football, you're going to want prism right. or you're going to want national treasures and then you have the occasional flawless. Flawless falls in there at third, I think. Yeah. Um, but for the price point, Prism beats National Treasures, but National Treasures is the most sought after card, right? Sure. So, and I think you have the same thing when you start getting into the cut autos. You, you've got the ones that are more sought after versus the ones that are just like, oh, yeah, it's a nice card and it's going to bring right. some it's money. Gotta, but, yeah. yeah, right. I agree with that. Um, I think that we've seen kind of a spike in that cut auto. Um, market in terms of like the legit, you know, tops transcendent, the cut mm. autos of like Abraham Lincoln and just crazy historical that figures. Cool. That stuff is cool as hell, yeah. man. And like, I am a fan. I think the people who collect that stuff is super, super unique. It's very awesome. Obviously at the right price, I'd love to own that stuff. Um, but I think we've seen a kind of spike in that um, just do with, you know, kind of coincide with the vintage mm-hmm. um, again. Those are guys, those cards are not going to be produced anymore. You can't get signatures from Babe Ruth. It's not like you can call them up and send them a bunch of uh, pieces of paper to sign anymore, you know? So when you see um, something like that, a signature that was just from his daily life, maybe it was a check he had signed or a letter he had written somebody that's been cut and put into that piece, I think those are very cool. Um, they don't, you know, necessarily hold as much for me as a an on-card autograph pulled from a, a yeah. product, but... I do, I do understand. I think it's a really, really interesting concept yeah. um, to put those historical pieces kind of into a modern product. The, uh, did you see Card Porn has actually sent all of their rare autograph pieces like that to mm-hmm. Ken Golden, and they have those in auction because he's wanting to sell all those to purchase a nice graded 52 mantle. Nice. So Very if you cool. go, to, go to Golden's Auctions, there's some really cool, Cut like, and- there's a Babe Ruth check that has the, the front, it's a framed picture. All of them are framed. Yep. 
And so the check has Babe Ruth autographed on the front. And then on the back, it's got his signature again with the endorsement. And they framed it so you so can, you can see, see it on both, both sides. sides. That's very cool. And so it's two signatures of Ruth. So that's a that really cool, cool piece. He's got some of uh, uh, Princess Diana uh, that's on there. It's got some uh, the Beatles, you know, things like that. There's some really cool autos that they, they've got on some of that stuff. I agree. Um, one more card, one more big card um, that was pulled. And I want to talk about this one um, as a little bit different than a, a traditional big pull, um, you know, something that comes out of a box. This was actually an NFT that was produced by Panini. It is the Lionel Messi World Cup Prism Black NFT. So the one of one NFT of Lionel Messi. Um, there was a bounty when these packs were released by Panini that whoever pulled the one of one Messi, uh, there was a buyer out there for $30,000 to purchase the NFT as soon as it is, you know, minted onto the blockchain. Uh, a couple days ago, it was minted by um, some guy who was just opening packs. They're $10 packs. Um, the bidder, um, an international buyer, had said, you know, I, I would pay $30,000. When that auction, uh, when that NFT was listed to the marketplace, uh, Panini's NFT marketplace, it actually uh, received another bid and, and, and ended up selling for $35,000. Um, so the person who placed the bounty actually did not end up winning the NFT. Was it Spinatron that bought it? I don't believe it was Spinatron, <laughs> and I know he brokered the deal. Uh, I don't believe he's the owner, but yeah. uh, I, do, I do know he's got some nice ones. Yeah, he does. Uh, he's got an unbelievable collection. He did broker the deal, but um, I, did, I did find out from him, actually, that the initial bounty was um, actually exceeded, uh, and, the, and the NFT that came wow. out of a $10 pack sold for $35,000. Um, what do you think about NFTs as a long-term uh, value hold. I mean, I believe there's some value in the NFT. Yeah. Uh, long term, I'm, I'm I'm a believer in cryptocurrency and things along those lines. <clears throat> long term, I think you know there is there the things that I like about crypto and some of that you know blockchain stuff is I can transfer the value of that instantly. Mm -hmm. There's no let me mail you a check. Let me mail you the card. Let me, you know, I can, if you are in Japan and I am in America yep. and you need money, I can give that to you Easy. in the drop of a hat. And it's pretty cool. And so I am a believer in that whole crypto NFT you know, market asset. blockchain type market. I, I believe long term we will move in the future to some of that. I don't. I think there has to be another level created. Sure. Uh, you know, there has to be another level of you know, Regulation like bitcoins or. and things like that to put in place to be able to use that as a an actual currency, like we do money. Yep. But I do feel like at some point we are going to see that those particular assets continue to grow. It's really interesting you say that because you know. $30,000 seems like a lot for an NFT now. We saw a year ago people paying 300000 for these bored apes, um, something that we used to talk about here in the office as mm -hmm. the NFT boom was going on. Um, you know, right now, doesn't look like a great buy to buy those bored no. apes. But like you said, 30 years from now, that messy may be worth $30 million. Correct. Who knows? Yes. So good for whoever bought it. I, I like who, to see. Who, who, knows, who knows if the, the NBA logo man of, of – LeBron James is going to be worth anything in 30 years. Right. It's all a gamble. Absolutely. It's all an investment. When you invest, you invest money you're willing to lose. That's the way you got to look that's at what, it. That's how you should look at yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Not not money I'm I'm trying to make because ultimately you it's all a, it's all a guessing game as to what you feel is going to be the best investment long term. 
that that particular NFT to me really seemed to push the market forward. Um, I feel I feel like as like you said, we're kind of going to move into that digital collectible mm -hmm. marketplace, um, and so that. You know, right before the end of the year, as we roll into the new year for that mess, you just kind of set a record for all soccer NFTs. Um, just felt like a, you know, after the downturn of the NFTs to kind of set that market back in the right direction um, as we head into the new year. Um, some, some downsides, um, some people who are ending the new year on not such a positive note. Um, Russell Wilson and the Broncos. <clears throat> Russell Wilson um, benched for Brett Ripien on Christmas Day. Uh, Baker Mayfield took him to school in a blowout on Christmas Day, and then the Broncos fired their head coach. Um, didn't even make it through his entire first season. Where do the Broncos go from here? And how do you feel about Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson, to me, is – he, he's garbage. <laughs> I mean – Come on, you don't want to let, let Russ cook anymore? There is no way, no way for me to easily put that. He is absolutely garbage. And it's not, <laughs> it's not his fault the reason the coach is fired. It's a collective effort from the entire team and the entire coaching staff – all the way up to the owners and the management. They haven't put the right people in place to allow them to even be able to win. And so firing the head coach is, is one step. Next is getting a new captain under center that can control the offense along with revamping the entire coaching staff along with getting multiple other pieces. I mean, they need defensive help. They need more wide receivers. They need everything. <laughs> so do I think firing the head coach was ultimately all his fault? No, I do not. I mean, uh, I believe I heard one, one guy say uh, once before that it's, it's, it's easier to coach good talent than it is to coach bad talent, right? Right. And I would much rather coach good talent than I would bad talent. And I can win with good talent. I can't win with bad talent. And I believe his name was Lou Holtz that made that, that statement. <laughs> Decent coach. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is common sense. Right. Good talent is definitely easier to coach than bad talent. And it's a whole, whole lot more fun to coach good talent than it is to coach bad talent. 100%. And they have so much bad talent on that team that hell if I was the coach I'd want to be fired too right, I mean fire me get me the hell out of there so and I, I love that you bring this up we talk about this kind of from an investment standpoint as we look for prospects across sports right is that situation and that organization is so important to win you know the beginning of their career but then again to to change locations and go somewhere yeah. maybe a change of scenery the Broncos are a historically solid organization. I don't think there's anybody out there who would say the Broncos don't know what they're doing. Um, Paid Manning won a Super Bowl with them. Absolutely did. How long does it take the Broncos to kind of get back to national contention? Um, you know, versus an organization, let's just say like um, Carolina, who isn't necessarily in a, in a great place either. Um, and maybe not necessarily known for being kind of a, a big NFL powerhouse franchise like the Broncos. How Den much does that organization help in terms of a the, restructure? Denver's not restructuring anytime soon. Carolina's not restructuring anytime soon. It's going to be a while. Also, the Colts have been through 
Holy cow. Seven starting quarterbacks <laughs> since Andrew Luck retired. Seven. It's brutal. That's that the best one they had that had the winning record was Philip Rivers in that time frame. There so there is so much the first yeah, the, the first thing that owners want to do to try to save face, to try to save even the management roles or the GMs to try to save their job is the first thing they want to do is they want to fire the head coach. They're like, that's our problem, let's fire them. But I'm telling you right now, you could go in and coach Denver and still probably do just as good as Nathaniel did because that's just what talent he has to work with. Right. And until they build the talent around in that organization, they're not going to be – I'm a Mavericks fan. Love Luka. We started off the conversation with Luka. Dallas is not winning a championship with that team. No, he's not. You can only Luka magic so much. Right. And until they get the pieces around them, they will always that they'll make the playoffs, but they're not going to win a championship. And it's interesting you say that um, that it's going to take a long time. And use the the Colts as an example. Every team out there is always trying to get better. Nobody's ever complacent, right? Like mm -hmm. even the Celtics right now, who I believe would beat anybody in a seven game series, are going to look at the trade deadline to go and get another All Star. They're going to go try to get another center, a ball handling guard. Because they want to, they're not completely like until they are holding that title as the best team at the end of the year, you just don't know. Um, and so it is interesting um, to, to kind of put the competition of the rest of the league aspect in that rebuild. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, not looking great for the Broncos, but uh, maybe tougher than most people realize to restructure an organization when you hit times like that. Um, I mean, the, Bro the Broncos would have been better whether off just to keep Drew Locke. I, whether or not you're a, a Cowboys, a Broncos, or a, you know one of those big famous franchises. I mean, look not. at the amount of money they paid Russell Wilson to come there. Crazy. I mean, the amount of money that he got to come that they that organization would have been better off to run this season with Drew Locke and then reevaluate their situation at that point. You know, or go out and spend the money and get some defensive help. Or go out and spend the money and get, you know, another receiver to, you know, run side of Jerry Judy. I mean, that Jalen Waddell has Tyreek Hill. Tua is a terrible quarterback in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. He is he's terrible. He he cannot he is I saw a post that I, I actually laughed about. He is Tim Tebow in Hawaiian. <laughs> that is <laughs> And I like Tim Tebow. I, I think a, he's a great guy. They're very you know, but he's not a quarterback. That's very funny. <laughs> so to have Tim those Tebow guys, was a lefty yeah. too, wasn't he? He was a lefty. Yeah, that's yes. that's really funny actually. But Global I mean, quarterbacks. Yeah. But I mean, even having those receivers out there to where you got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they're having a phenomenal year. It's made Tua look really good. Denver doesn't have anybody other than Jerry Judy. So. There's nobody else that – the reason Joe Burrow and them are winning, look at – they have one of the best wide receiver cores in the NFL, in my opinion. He's got weapons. Yes. Chase. Boyd. Boyd. Joe Mixon's good. Uh, T. Higgins. T. Higgins is awesome. So, when, when those guys when, – when they start to build and they have other weapons that people have to respect, it tends to make the quarterback play – even easier, right? They've so you can make a on. you can make a terrible quarterback like Tua look good. Turn the ball over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that was. I love. Cool. I love that. I love that nickname. I mean, look at look at two of his passes this weekend. I was like, who the heck are you throwing the ball to? And I, I like mean, the Dolphins. I like the Dolphins. I root for the Dolphins. I think they're. You know, I've got reasons to root for the Dolphins, but uh, I, I can't. Two is not the guy. No, he He's is not the guy. Not the guy. All so. right. I want to uh, – that is going to do it for our episode 30. I know um, the Broncos, the Dolphins alike, a bunch of those NFL teams are going to be looking to level up in the new year, kind of like DCI grading. We are going to be leveling up in 23. Uh, next week, I want you guys to tune in. It's going to be our first podcast episode of the new year, episode 31. We are going to uh, kick off the year of champions 2023 here at DCI right. with a bang. Uh, but at first, I want to direct everybody one more time to come and get a stack started on my left on our whatnot channel. Um, come and get, you know, come and hang left, out with our community. Left. It's going to be a great time. Um, so make sure you check out our whatnot. Everything you own in the box to the left. <laughs> like and subscribe uh, on the YouTube. That way you guys aren't missing any of our content. And we will be back next week. I am DCI Jason here again with Big Sexy Bradley Crenshaw. We'll see you all then.